This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. Yeah, I know, another one, eh? Uh, Tuesday, the 11th of October, 2022 is the date. And today we're talking all about Braille. It is National Braille Week in the UK. Woohoo! So we're talking about Braille. Can you, can you, did you guess that? You're ah. listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, I've missed you, Sean Priest. It's been a whole uh, three um, days we haven't spoken. I know, and we actually haven't spoken. I mean, at all. It was weird, right? It was kind of nice, though, wasn't it? It was. But, you know, we need <laughs> to be uh, separate people now and again, Stephen Scott. Separation makes our relationship stronger. Separation of Sean and Steve. That is the yes. new... Yes, that's the, state, the, the constitution. That's right. <laughs> In the unwritten constitution of Double Tap. That is very true. Uh, so how was your weekend? Was it good? Did you enjoy it? Did you thanks give to everyone? I did. I, you know me. I'm very thankful for everything, uh, especially the uh, Chinese takeaway I had last night, which was lovely, by the way. <laughs> Thank I've you still to got... Chinese people for making you a meal. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think it that's was... the spirit of Thanksgiving, if I'm honest, but okay. Why is it then? That's exactly what it is. I'm very thankful for it. Um, yes, no, I'm fine. I've still got a bit of a cough, though, so I am muting quite a lot. Sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, well, that's okay. That's a lot. Right. Uh, listen, you. we've got lots to talk about today. We're going to get all feely today. Oh, yes. I'm Thank reaching you. I'm reaching through my microphone to you, Sean. Okay, I'm out. That's <laughs> enough of that. Of course, I loved it how you tried to get so excited. Woo! Braille! Braille week! Yay! I do you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, go on. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's about as much as I can do. Uh, look, it is good news. It's great that Braille gets its own week. Um, yeah. So why are you saying it like that? That's the thing. That's See, Braille, right? We all acknowledge how important it is and how we should all learn it. It's another tool in our toolbox. Yet, I haven't, still haven't learned it to <gasps> any degree where I could actually use it properly. Oh, that's shameful. You were on a well, course with me a couple of, was it last year? Exactly we did a course right. together. Yes, exactly. And do you know what it is? I missed a couple, and then it was like, oh, can I? Can you know? And it was, yeah, it just didn't yeah. But work if it was a, if me. it was a sampling Chinese menu meal day, you would be would... <laughs> all over it. You'd be an expert. <laughs> Absolutely true. Yeah, you are, that's actually. the point. That's that's what I'm saying, though. You know, we we all know how important Braille is. So, um. um yeah, which is just putting that commitment in. But, you know, it's all about the resources. That's what makes the difference. Having well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're readily about available. Because, well, you know, okay. today in Good. the UK, well, it is this week in the UK, National Braille Week. And this story came up because uh, I'd been hearing about the Braillists Foundation, who out of the UK do a fantastic job. And look, this is not UK only. This is worldwide, frankly. I mean, anybody in the, UK, in the UK or around the world can take part in these courses that Braillists Foundation do. A lot of the work they do is online. They have a lot of resources online. And, you know, I have to say, this organisation has kind of brought the cool back to Braille uh, because, you know, they, they talk about things in a language that I can follow. I often felt that Braille in itself was a little bit of an old, dusty platform. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just, just all, I always had that kind of you know, I'm totally with you. Exactly right. Yes, it has that reputation. Yeah. But technology has changed that. Technology has brought Braille into the, the 21st century, which is good news, and that's given it a new lease of life, quite frankly. Um, but I also thought that the resources were a little bit dusty as well, because you'd often find it was like, now it's time to learn Braille. And if you don't know how to learn Braille by the age of one, then frankly you're a disgrace to humanity and you should be shot, be shot. dead. And it's like, well... Okay, but I don't know Braille, so I'm waiting for my execution, right? Because I don't have the knowledge. And um, I'd feel bad about that. I'd be kind of almost made to feel bad about that. Whereas now yeah. I feel these organisations are kind of, this particular organisation is really kind of picking up the, the mantle of, look, you know what, if you don't know it, that's okay. But actually, not just that, here's some cool ways on how to use Braille. And, you know, Hadley Institute in the States does the same, same idea, same thing. Yeah, uh, I know. Job. I know CNIB are doing similar things through Braille, and I know they have a, a a fantastic resource, and also you know really champion Braille as well in the cool way that CNIB do. Um, so you know that that's great. But the reason I focus in on this one today is because there's a new course starting. Uh, it begins today, and it's on demand only. 
So that's kind of cool because last year, the one we did was you had to turn up like on a six o'clock on a Tuesday night. I mean, who's going to turn up anywhere at six o'clock on a Tuesday night? But, you know, yeah, if you... A if meeting. You, exactly. That's right. That's like dinner time, right? So yes. not going to happen. Um, but now you can get the course on demand, which is brilliant. So yeah, all the details coming up. If you want to get ahead of it, brailists.org is the website address. So simple. Brailists.org. Go check out the resources. But uh, yeah, we're going to be talking to Ben and Mel from the organization. They're coming in uh, shortly. They're going to be telling us all about it. Um, before we get to that, though, I want to mention a couple of things because uh, we get so much feedback from you. Thank you so much for all your feedback. Um, mixed feedback on our Google show. <laughs> I think some people didn't really? like the way we did it. Uh, Greg in Pennsylvania was not impressed. Uh, he couldn't have put it any more succinctly by saying, oh, I am Greg. so disappointed in you guys. Oh, no. That's, that's the worst thing anyone could like, ever oh, say. Not disappointed. I mean, <laughs> hate, I, us, can, I can live with hate, but not disappointment. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he wasn't a big fan of it. Um, apparently, we just talked all over the woman, which and guy. I mean, we talked over all of them. To be perfectly honest, well, we were, we're an equal that, opportunity that, talk over people. Yes, exactly. There was no uh, discrimination there. But <laughs> see, that's the tricky thing about doing a live event, right? Because you can just sit there and say nothing and let it play through. But then because that's called an advert. <laughs> well, well, absolutely right. You know, you need to you need to do some commentary on it. And where do you choose to do the commentary? Maybe we, you know. Uh, I think the camera section is a is a safe space for me to say. You know what? Most people don't care about that. Well, we we said that, and then as soon as we started, you know, drifting off because the whole camera thing. That's when they brought up the feature for blind people. They brought Molly Bird, which was yes. hilarious. It was like I can't believe that's <laughs> yes. when they decided to bring that. Up. But we didn't miss that. Let's be no, fair. We didn't, we didn't we talk over in. that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yep, it's yep, because okay. both of us pricked up when we had a screen reader. We're like, oh, yeah, exactly. What's that? Yes. Why is a screen yeah. reader talking? Oh, okay. So, yeah, that was interesting. So, yeah, I mean, you know, mixed response in it. Lots of people love the show. Um, we're going to get some feedback in, actually. Let, let's go to some of that feedback, actually, uh, and, and get right into it. Uh, so there's a kind of mix of comments in, some about the Google show, some about your involvement in this program, and comments from another listener, Dean. Oh, God. Uh, this has really been a, a bone of contention for some people. So, yeah, let's let's get some of the comments. Here's our first one. This is Larry Birdsong from Nevada City, California. Regarding Dean's comment that Sean should be removed from the show, I respectfully disagree. Hey! I think y'all make a a good pair for doing the show. And I thought of a tagline you could probably use is, a day without Stephen and Sean is like a day without moonshine. <laughs> I really enjoy y'all's show. Thanks for all your hard work. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Larry. Thank and you, Larry. The most amazing surname in the world, by Bird the way. Song. Birdsong. How cool is that, Larry Birdsong? Thanks, Larry. Sounds like a cool guy, though. I kind of, you know, I have to say, if you, if you, in any way in your life, if you're in the kind of place in the world where you use the word moonshine on a fairly regular basis, I've got to say, I yeah. want to be with you, Larry. I want yeah. to be there. It's just cool. It is. Well, there you go. That that's that's one. That's one for. Thank you. Let me write that down. <laughs> Larry, take the <laughs> thank notes. you, Larry. Take the notes <laughs> of that one. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Larry. Uh, so, Larry says you're staying. Okay, let's get another comment in. This is an email, I think this one is, and it's, of course, read by our Laura. Hi, Stephen and Sean. I just wanted to say that I strongly agree with Dean that we need more Robin on Double Tap. However, <laughs> not at the expense of Sean, please. Hey! The dynamic oh. between the two of you is what makes the show so fun to listen to. So I hope the mysterious Mr. F only heard the first part of that email. One other thing, I've been enjoying your chats about Envision glasses. If someone could find a way to splice them together with the Bose frames, then I'd find them quite hard to resist. I do have one mm. question. On the Envision website, they list BlindSquare as a partner, but I can't find anything else about it. What does this mean? Can the glasses be used as standard Bluetooth speakers, or is there some other integration? I'd also love to see Navalens added. Anyway, please keep up the good work. The rest of us love you, Sean. John. Aww. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you, John. I hope this isn't turned into a poll, is it? Remove Sean from the show, <laughs> yes or no. I don't want Mr. F, li God bless you, Mr. F. Don't want Mr. You. F listening, getting any ideas. But thank you very much. That's an interesting point. I didn't know that. Blind Square and Envision, they have some sort of partnership. I, I know nothing about this. 
So in advance of this, um, because, you know, we, we decided to be professional today and uh, I actually do oh. have an answer to this because I've got uh, I a didn't, response. Obviously. No, I know you didn't. Uh, but I got an email right. back from Karthik Karnan from Envision because I did reach out to them to ask this question about Blind Square. Um, so the glasses, this is uh, what Karthik says, the glasses support only Blind Square QR codes at the moment. He says, we don't yet fully support all the other functionalities of the Blind Square app. We are working on the same with them and this feature and hope to have all functions on the glass soon. So that is something that is coming. They are absolutely working together on it, but they don't have all the functions, just the QR code compa- uh, com- component at the moment. Um, not entirely sure what that means, because I don't, I don't use Blind Square, oh, I so I don't know. But, but, so Blind Square tells me what street I'm on, what's around me, etc. Well, surely that should be absolutely... F- oh, wait, uh, the Envision glasses don't support don't GPS. GPS. No. This is so the problem with these Google Glass. From, mm, the yeah. issue with these is that, you know, this GPS thing, because I was asking uh, Janine over at Ira this question about, you know, what's going on with the GPS part? And she she doesn't, she wasn't committing to anything, but she just said, it's definitely been worked on. <laughs> I'm not telling you, <laughs> but it's being worked I don't think, on. I don't think she knew, to be perfectly honest, and I don't think she knew yes. the, the technical kind of side of what was going on, but the, definitely the work is going on in the background, because I imagine that's one of the features that people are going to be complaining oh, about massive, most. Right, it's, it's got it's got to come. It's got to yeah. come to it, otherwise it's it's a bit of a limitation. Um, and um, oh, I always forget the name of it. What's the the, the other one? The 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 QR code like one, NaviLens. Thank Navi you, NaviLens. Yeah, for not helping me out. Uh, yeah, NaviLens. Always that happy not to a, help. Thank you. That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. I mean, there's absolutely no reason that couldn't be integrated into it as long as NaviLens gave the okay. They could uh, well, put that on the Google Glass. I think the whole thing with the QR code is that it, it can scan out. I, I don't know if the, the app can generate a QR code and then the device can use it. Because I notice a lot of things on the Envision glasses seem to rely on QR codes, like even for Wi-Fi and things. I mean, although that's very specific, you can, you know, create a QR code. You can, you know, use that. So maybe that's one thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. But I do sometimes wonder if this whole standalone thing is actually a problem. You know, it's kind of funny, isn't it? We love the idea of standalone hardware. But if that hardware isn't able to do what, say, our phone can do, then it kind of feels a little bit like, uh, you know, you know, I, with I, some, I mean, the Apple Watch, for example, is a great example of, and I'm sure the Pixel Watch will be the same, of standalone, but also connected. And, you know, the, yes. it can share resources, it can share, you know, updates can be pushed through, apps on a phone can direct the watch, but can't seem to do that with Envision my understanding or not envision but to google glass in particular google it's glass. not really envision's fault here this is google's limitations i guess that well, well, no, no, I, I see i see it like a little bit like the blind shell classic 2 or the blind shell classic phone right the, the apps are sort of rewritten to fit that platform mm. so it's 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 far easier for um you know a, a smartphone and a tablet app to coexist because basically it's the same code but when we're talking about you know, porting the apps over so Google Glass runs their own version of whatever it may be, Linux or Android or whatever, I don't know. Um, but it's running its own on the glasses itself, so the apps need to be, you know, recoded or recompiled, and mm. that takes uh, extra work. So, yeah, it's a bit of a limitation, but still. Standalone, uh, that's what it's all about. Also, some of the uh, criticisms we've been getting uh, from Greg in particular in Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania, yes. Greg, he's been a bit grumpy. I'm going to tell you. I think maybe more cocoa required, Greg. Um, but you know, he may be accurate though. He can he be grumpy be accurate, and, yeah. and right. Well, well, he does. He says that we haven't <laughs> talked enough about Envision, and and I'm like, honestly, I oh, feel like that's all we've done is talk mm. about Envision for the past two months. Um, we've we've talked to the developers. We've talked to um, Kevin Chow, who was actually using the thing. Yeah. yeah, I think we've talked about it quite quite a lot. And, you know, we are going to be doing a hardware review. You're going to be doing, I have to say, I twisted your arm on this, but we are going to do a hardware review of that AirX headset, because whatever you think of it, people want to hear mm. what it sounds like. So okay. we're going to do a hands-on review of that uh, week after next. Um, you know, do you know what it is? I was kind of waiting for the Ira support, because I think that's the thing that everyone's interested in, really. Mm. Um, I was waiting for the Ira support, but I, how long yeah, do you wait we'll until it actually comes for out? That. So, yeah, and I'll be talking in vision because I should have my Envision glasses very shortly and I'll be able to talk Woo-hoo. all about that. Uh, just also a quick programming note for you. Next week, I am on holiday, uh, but the show continues. What? Miraculously, the show continues, yeah. Uh, so our shows for next week are all preset. So that means 
If you send in any feedback, it will not be read until we get back the week after. So I'll remind you of that later in the week. But uh, just so you know that, in case you think, I've been sending in emails and these... These people, let's just say, never respond. So, Can I just say as well, when he says, when we get back, we're not going on holiday together. No, 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 uh, definitely yeah, not. No, no. No. Okay. Let's just make that clear. Yeah. I think most people would figure that one out. You never leave the shed. So how on earth oh, yeah. would you True. ever go on holiday? Okay. Uh, so no, I'm on holiday next week. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm just not taking a week off. On, you can't say, have a go at me for not leaving the shed and say, I'm on holiday, but I'm not leaving the house. Yeah, I might leave the house, but, you know, only uh, to come back in again, you know, just to feel like I've been somewhere. Holiday. Yeah, maybe walk around the block, come back. <laughs> that would be quite nice. Uh, yeah, so, uh, the, as I say, the shows will be preset, so just be aware of that next week if you're uh, getting in touch. Some really interesting conversations coming up. We're going to get into some of our longer-form conversations uh, with some of the contributors you might have seen on Double Tap TV. So, well worth checking out next week. So, shows continue pretty much as normal, but with some interesting chats around audio description, Ira, Envision, you know that thing we never talk about enough. Uh, so yeah, let's um, let's look forward Leave to Greg that. alone. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> right, uh, let's get another comment in. Uh, this from Chris. Hey, fellas, uh, double tappers, double tap daily. I just uh, I'd like to uh, mount the uh, Sean of Sean of the Shed, Sean Priest um, defense force because uh, he's a great guy and I love his his content and his surprise and everything he brings to the show. So, uh, much love from me in Philadelphia and uh, much love to all the show and uh, everything you bring. So have a great day and I'll keep listening. Bye. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your Aww. comments. Thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Thank you. And let's hear from Michael, who got in touch with us regarding uh, the Google events. So there was a song. First of all, you can use this on the air. But there was a song that said Radio Edit in the middle of it. Back popular in the early 90s. I'm sorry, late 90s, early 2000s. Anyways, I was going to say Radio Edit. I couldn't remember the number because Sean's singing of the number in Wednesday's episode. (laughs) See? Anyways, Michael here. I want to give you my quick takes on the Google event. I'm super excited for it. And what I think is probably the most exciting part, and I'm interested to see Aaron. Thank you for picking that watch up, Aaron, so you can tell me how you like it. But what I'm super excited about is uh, voice recording. So if you send a voice message, there will be a transcript of that voice message, which adds some additional accessibility improvements for uh, hard of hearing individuals who might not be able to participate in the voice memo uh, or voice messages. Man, it's too early here. Voice messages, <laughs> conversations that people may have. Uh, this could also be useful, especially if, if it's rolled out to third parties, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm in a couple of WhatsApp groups. It's like, I don't have the 10 minutes to listen to those four voice messages that were just yes. And now you just sent a 12-minute voice message? I don't have that much time either. <laughs> also, lastly, one of the other cooler features kind of just slipped in there was if – Later this year, if you're recording in voice memos or voice notes or whatever the voice recording app is on Pixel, the speakers will be identified. So that means when Stephen Mm. interrupts Sean from singing the phone number, Stephen's name will be identified. Quite right. Appreciate it. 877-803-4567, not 833-803-4567. I don't even know where I got that from. Anyways. Yeah, just ignore anything Sean says regarding the phone number. I think that's probably the oh, safest well, well, bet. My, no, 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 no. The phone number was right. I just did a different pattern to it. That's yeah. All. You threw I'm, it all out. You see, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. What's confusing about this? Seven seven eight zero oh, three. No, I'm stop much, all that. I'm the I'm being jazz identified version. on Google phones right now. I'm being identified. <laughs> that is really cool, though. Um, yeah. Did we mention that? No, we didn't. I don't think. I didn't know no. it did individual. Um, you know, when the person's voice changes. That is really cool. I don't, so, have I seen that before? Here's the thing, right? We didn't actually get into much of the Pixel Watch because the event was finished. Well, we had run yeah, out of time. we finished. <laughs> we finished before it did. So, uh, yeah, we, we are going to dig in a bit more on the Pixel Watch. And also, I will say, I have pre-ordered one. So, we will be doing a full hands-on review 
in a couple of weeks' time once I've had a chance to play with it. It should arrive by the end of this week, so I'll at least be able to do some hot take stuff on it. And I don't really like hot takes, but I'll happily mm. talk about the design. Um, well, but I, while I you're on holiday... Yeah, well, I'm going to be. I'm, I've been using this. Pic- I actually took my Pixel Six A on on the move with me the other day. So <gasps> nice, so nice. I'm really liking. I'm quite it. shocked. You are, yeah, you are using that quite often. Usually, you just you know, like all of us. Yes, like, have a look at it. No, it's then, great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, look, cool. we are talking Braille today. It's National Braille Week in the UK. We're going to be talking with Mel and uh, Ben up next. They're going to be joining us from the Braillists Foundation talk about their new Braille course, which starts today. Send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. This is Double Tap, and today on the show, we are talking about Braille. Yes, Sean, Braille. What are you saying it like that for? I love Braille. I always have done, always will do. I'm just not very good at it and I can't do it. But aside from that, fantastic. <laughs> well, that's the spirit. You can do it. You, you are good at it. What are you talking about? You have, you've tried? I've tried. I've tried, yes. And that's the thing, though, right? How, how many times have we... Well, I've tried to get resources. And people have actually tell, told me that, you know, you don't, no one uses Braille anymore. And that infuriates me. Every time, and, and and still, some professionals will tell you that. Oh, there's no need to use Braille anymore. You've got a screen reader. It's just, it's just so not true. Braille mm. is so important. Yeah, well, that's the, and of course, you bring up a really interesting point. Probably the most important point in this, which is the resources themselves, and you know, having the ability to go and learn Braille. Now, you know, it's great to go to a course, and I had a the great joy before the lockdowns and before pandemics. I was able to go along and actually take part in a local course uh, not far from me. And it it gave me a chance to meet some new people. It gave me a chance to learn Braille in a group setting, which does really help. Um, And then recently... Very loud, though. It is. When when you're all clattering away on those If you all get Perkins, as we did, yeah, everyone's (laughs) battering away. It is quite loud. But... um, it was great. It was a really great social experiment and a really great social um, you know, experience for me, I must say. Uh, but, you know, obviously with lockdowns and pandemics, all that kind of went away. And then I learned about the Braillists Foundation, uh, an organisation out of the UK that's doing incredible work, raising the profile of Braille and raising it in a really positive way. And uh, I learned about their course they were doing, their Braille uh, for Beginners course, which they started, which was really interesting. And that was uh, held over Zoom. And you could go along and you would, you know, take part of, of, a, of an evening. And that was great. But one thing I remember saying to you is it's a bit like when, when I find out about a new TV series I want to watch. Is it on demand? And yes. uh, that was the first question I wanted to know. And at that time, uh, some of the information was available on demand. Some of it wasn't. Uh, but they've changed that this time around. And today we're going to talk all about that. Uh, ben Mustel-Rose is joining us, as is Mel Pritchard from the Braillist Foundation. Great to have you all here with us on Double Tap. Oh, thank, thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so perhaps we kick off with a bit of, of information about the Braillist Foundation, uh, because I think for a lot of us, Ben, and we'll come to you first on this, um, you know, for a lot of people who are listening in Canada, who are listening around the world, who may not know about the Braillist Foundation, what is it and, and what was it set up to do? Yeah, so so we're a uh, relatively small uh, but international charity um, whose mission statement is is quite simple, really. It's literally more Braille, um, and it, that you can kind of infer all of our activities from that one line mission statement. Really, um, we we sort of try to promote um, sort of what you what you might call modern day Braille. So a, a bit of a focus on Braille technology, um, although obviously some some people still prefer hard copy braille so we we do that in a couple of different ways we run master classes uh we we ran one on uh, on braille keyboards recently um other ones have been things like braille in the kitchen braille labeling and other things like um um some braille uh, braille music stuff like that and then we have other events like our our reading group which is a great way to practice braille reading and then other resources as well such as our our discussion forum which is um a sort of uh, free for all when it comes to braille questions and uh, as you as you alluded to as well uh, more recently we've been doing our braille for beginners courses too which again sort of does what it says on the tin it's it's braille for beginners typically people who are learning it for the first time but 
also people who are sort of trying to get back into it, maybe. Yeah. Now, Mel, what's your role in all of this? Uh, mine's mine's quite a simple role because I'm just a teacher. So uh, I just produce uh, or help to produce the materials. And um, certainly uh, in a Braille on demand situation, then I would be uh, sitting, waiting in the wings in case anybody has a problem. In the same way as I was for the previous Braille for Beginners, um, I, I delivered some sessions, but I was always there on the end of an email in case anybody wanted a little bit more one-to-one support. I mean, it's, it's quite an interesting organisation because, you know, you are obviously focused on Braille and that's what it's all about. Um, how I mean, I'm sure you get this question all the time, Ben, but how relevant is Braille today in comparison to all the other options we have? So so first things first, it's great that we have options, right? I would I would hate it if the only thing that I had available to me is Braille, although obviously you know plenty of, of deafblind folk um uh, use that routinely. Um but it's it's good to have options. Um and the way that I see it is Braille is a tool, right? It's the it's 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 one tool in the metaphorical toolbox of life, right? If you were a plumber and you went out to a job and you only turned up with a screwdriver, right? You you probably struggle, right? But I've, I've had those guys at the house. Well, yes. well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably a whole episode in itself, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Stephen's plumbing disasters. Yeah. And, you know, if you... If if you only had one tool, then there would be times where that tool was would be useful, but there'd also be many many times where it wasn't. So so we take you know a pretty pragmatic approach to this. Um, we're all passionate brailleists, but then to be honest, we, you know we also all use speech, and it's not it's not about and and we've never been about saying you know you can only use braille you know there's no room for a screen reader we, we've never been about that and we never will be. Uh, what we want to do is give people choice. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. I'm, I'm wondering, how have you found demand for Braille courses? Because it does seem like it, it I don't know, went out of fashion. Is it okay to say that for a little while? Maybe <laughs> it, it was when the iPhone came about. Did, yeah, mm, it, yeah it, and I, it did. Pe- people did think that there was no need for Braille. People still do. And there's yes. a lot of misconceptions out there about the need for Braille. And there's a lot of myths as well. Uh, during Braille Week, next, uh, I should be saying, things to my clients that I work with about Braille uh, being relevant to whoever's doing it. So some people might just want to do it for very basic stuff. Some people might want to learn to read books, whatever. And I think what made our courses appeal to people, uh, we made the uh, assumptions that they all wanted to do it for their own reasons. We didn't make it too complicated, or we tried not to. (laughs) Maybe it was a bit. Um, (laughs) Because everyone wants to learn for their own reasons. So, you know, I think it's it's important that they, they might just want to do the very, very basic as far as demand, I think uh, Ben will probably back this up with some statistics because he's good at that. Uh, but we were amazed the amount of people who signed up for the Braille for Beginners uh, in the past. I mean, the the 2022, weren't we, Ben? A lot of people signed up. Yeah, I think um, I think mm. for for our 2022 incarnation, we had uh, just over 140, and it was a similar number to that in 2021 as well. Um, mm, so and, and also, you know, let's let's not forget that we were predominantly advertising online, right? And and it's it's important never to forget the the population who maybe don't have access to or don't want to use the internet. So, you know, that that's just uh, you know that was predominantly online demand. Whereas I'm sure you know as we as we work to reach other people, um, Ben, I'm, I'm I'm sure that will that will only increase. And that's international, right? I mean, that's that's around the world. People engaging. Um, yeah, so so we we have our our sort of main events are are very much geared internationally. Um, our Braille for Beginners courses are open to people internationally, although. Um, in the instance of, of us sending out hard copy learning resources, which I guess we'll get on to in a bit, that gets a little bit tricky for a you know, very small charity that's being run by people who do it in their spare time. Um, that logistically gets a little bit tricky. But yeah, we, we've, always, we've always tried to accommodate anyone in, in the best way that we're able to. I thought it was really well done. So I, uh, Stephen dragged me in, kicking and screaming, I'll admit. Into <laughs> oh the, yes, uh, it wasn't easy. Well, <laughs> for beginners 
I have done it before. I did it face-to-face with someone, and it, it was great. But you know what? I, I just didn't use it in my everyday life, and I totally forgot it. Um, so i got to say, the way you presented it was absolutely fantastic, easy to follow, and that sending out the hard copy in the post, you know, it, it made it so easy. There was... There was no reason or no excuse not to do it. That's that's one of the things that we found actually, because you know we, we should we should shout out some other uh, Braille learning resources. UEB Online um, is is a great resource. Um, they've they've been doing it for longer than we have, um, and and you know that's that's all well and good. But I think what we found was actually if you didn't have those hard copy resources, I don't want to say that people couldn't do it. Our our first uh, our first couple of incarnations of the course didn't have hard copy resources we relied on a uh, on an existing set of training materials called fingerprint but ultimately you did have to buy it and there were there were stock issues and yeah we 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 feel that having those hard copy resources don't want to say makes it makes it perfect for everyone i'm sure there'll still be sure there'll still be lessons learned but we've we've found that it's helped people at least and you know before we talk about the the new course which is uh, launching today uh, I want to ask you, Mel, about teaching online versus in person. How did you find that experience? It was quite a challenge. I taught Braille for some years um, on a one-to-one, well, in groups of people, but face-to-face, and everyone went at their own level within that group. And that was fine. I was used to that. And then all of a sudden, doing online um, yeah, I found it really daunting. And obviously, you have to think differently because you have to try and think, well, I've got to get this across to, you know, 50 odd people or 80 people or whatever. Um, so you're either too fast or too slow trying to get that balance right for everyone. Um, but like everything, if you know, if you want to do it, you just have to uh, give it your best shot. And also, uh, listen to your learners. So I got lots of emails saying, you know, oh, you were a bit quick with that, or you, you, you were a bit slow, or and I just had to learn as I went along. I think that was the best way to describe it. Um, we did get some really positive um, emails after the last course, which was very encouraging. And I think it will be the the same with the new course. Maybe to some degree, um, we haven't done it before, so we're going to enjoy the feedback and learn from it. So what exactly is different with this new course to the previous one? So so one of the one of the really good things about the the uh, previous courses is that um you know, it, it was everyone was doing it together, right? You you, you had, as, as Mel was saying, you know, 80, 90, 100 people turn up to, to the events. But I think as as Steve alluded to earlier, you know, we were doing them at, I think it was 6pm on Tuesdays. And, you know, for some people, that time just isn't convenient, you know, particularly if you're, you know, maybe if you're, if you've got a family, 6pm is going to be pretty busy. So no matter when you do it, it was always going to be inconvenient for some people. And then the other thing to remember as well is that that was a, a sort of weekly cadence. And so, so not not to mention some some sort of logistical challenges with resourcing that from a staffing point of view. So so I suppose the main difference is that this is Braille for Beginners on demand. And we're really hoping that that is going to make it as easy as possible for as many people as possible to learn Braille because you can learn it whenever you want. Um, and we'll t- we'll talk about what you get when you sign up in a bit, I suppose. But you can you can sort of sit down, learn it whenever you want. You can take a break whenever you want because you're not part of a live Zoom. And then also, you know, if if you if you progress a few weeks and you think, oh, actually, you know what? I think I think I lost. I think I've forgotten some of those some of those letters or some of those reading tips that we did the other week. You can go back, and if you feel that you need to go back a couple of lessons that's fine because you're you're learning this at entirely your own pace you know so when we when we designed the previous courses we had to make some assumptions about how quickly people would learn and i think we did you know an okay job on it but they were they were assumptions and really there's no one size fits all approach to this so so yeah the, i suppose the main difference is that it's on demand and at your pace we we learned something from doing the braille for beginners say january february uh, as soon as nearly the end of february or the beginning of march came along we had someone say to us oh i'd love to learn braille but they'd missed it so with this new braille on demand idea um, whatever time of the year, whenever it is somebody wants to start, there it'll be there for them to start. So they don't have to be, as well as being, as, as Ben says, a Tuesday evening at six o'clock or whatever, um, 
it'll be there online whatever time of the year that somebody wants to start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's um, you know, let's talk about what you get as part of the course. So I'm guessing uh, a Perkins Brailler in an envelope. I'm guessing turns up at your door. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You, you have to, you have to assemble it all yourself, though. That's part of the entry criteria. Is it like? Do you remember those uh, magazines you used to get, where you would get like a piece of something our, every uh, week? Yeah. Is you got a piece of a Perkins Brailler, and at the end of it, you have a fully functioning Perkins Brailler. Is that how In it works? Thousand after, after, uh, yeah. after about a thousand weeks or something, yeah. <laughs> and then if it works afterwards, you win a prize because you yeah, and you don't get any assembly instructions. That's it. Uh, no, so so. so um, I don't know if that's just a very dry British humour coming across there. Um, I, I think we, uh, yeah. Think so, so, so when when you when you sign up, you get a few different things, right? So you get access to, uh, I think we'd probably say sort of eight full on uh, eight full braille lessons with a couple either side talking about things like reading technique and what to do next. So you've got ten. Uh, in total, pre-recorded sessions that are that are run uh, expertly by Mel and uh, introduced by our chairman uh, Dave Williams, uh, who some people may be aware of from uh, various other events. You also get, if you're in the UK, a complimentary set of hard copy Braille learning resources that we'll send to you in the post, which we which we base these sessions on. So, you know, throughout the sessions we'll say, right, now now we're on page four. This is what you're this is what you should be feeling on this first line, blah, blah, all stuff like that. Uh, you have access to the Braille for Beginners discussion group over email, which is a, a sort of a, a discussion forum for people who are taking the course. So you can post a, a question there if you're struggling or maybe even help other people out if uh, if they are asking a question that you have an answer to. Um, you have access to uh, our tutor, which is uh, Mel at the moment. So if you're maybe not confident enough to to post in a group because actually you know sometimes for some people this can be a bit of a daunting process you know maybe you just maybe you just want to email a person without sharing it to everyone in the course you get access to that through a dedicated email address and then you also I think uh, last but by no means least actually you also get access to a monthly zoom drop-in session where you can turn up and either just listen to to what other people are talking about or if you've got your own braille questions you can get them answered as well and and I think that's that's one of the things that is really important to us you know yes we're doing it on demand but we really want to try and keep up that community aspect of it so you're not learning in in isolation but one I think can I just add Ben these little sessions these recorded (laughs) these pre-recorded sessions whereas the beginners previously they were our sessions or you know, no, they were an hour, weren't they? Um, the recordings are only about 10 or 15 minutes a piece because you're not sort of, you haven't got a lot of people to speak to at once. So you're just basically covering the material. So each recording is, is much, much shorter. So um, hopefully easier to listen to than listening to me for an hour. Well, it's more about digestible <laughs> chunks, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. how do you eat an elephant? One forkful at a time, right? And And that's the best way to do it. So you don't want to try and learn too much at once. Sean and I know we have experience, not of eating elephants, just in case there are any people listening who are concerned about elephant survival. <laughs> Can I just say Sean, as well? Sean's <laughs> not saying anything. No, 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 just that, yeah, yeah. Keeping it secret. You have no idea what he gets up to on his holidays. Absolutely. <laughs> I can fit an elephant in my shed. Now, the thing is, as someone who took part in the, um, in the Braille for Beginners course last time, I've got to say, what Ben says there about, you know, the six o'clock Tuesday aspect of it. Absolutely right. Sometimes, you know, I did miss a few and then you start to think, oh, you know, I've missed it now. I've mucked it up. I, what's the point in going back? Because there, there is that constant trying to catch up and everyone learning at different speeds as well. Sometimes, you know, it feels like some, sometimes I was thinking, come on, let's move on to the next bit. I'm getting all excited. <laughs> and other times it's OK, slow down a bit. I'm getting lost. So I think actually on demand is, is uh, yes, it's a perfect way to do it. Is there a cost to this? Uh, no, no, it's uh, it's entirely free of charge. Oh, even better. Sounds perfect. Now, yeah. as I've done it already, can I do it again or am I not allowed? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've had we've had um, we've had a couple that I think Mel would be fair to say we've had we've had a few um, repeat learners, and that's fine. You know, to be honest, yeah. we're just glad that they that they're sticking at it um, mm. because. You know, yeah. Again, you know, it comes 
back to people learning at, at different paces. And yeah, yeah, the, the, I, th- I think the, the more the merrier, really, Mel. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got a couple of learners from uh, the, the course you were on, Sean, who for various reasons couldn't make six o'clock and they got behind just the same as you're saying. They thought, oh, yeah. I'll never catch up, so I'll give up. Uh, they want to have another go. So if they can, so can you. Hooray! Yeah. And that includes you, Stephen. <laughs> Oh, excellent. I'll be there. I mean, and, and I, I will, because I think, you know, it's always good to brush up, especially from grade one. I mean, and, and that's the question. Is it, is it grade one through to grade two, right right on oh, through? It's just grade one. It's okay. basic Braille. So it's it's what you did last time, really. Um, right. Even the resources are quite similar um, to, to last time. So you'll, you'll know it all already. It'll just be a brush up for you. Uh, oh. Just basic <laughs> UEB um, grade one. <laughs> uncontracted, whatever we call it, uh, numbers and uh, a little bit of punctuation as well. And then you're done. Is there a a desire for grade two? Are you getting calls about that? Or is it just me asking, please, please, please? Uh, We do have have interest in grade two. Because of the way we've designed the resources, um, if someone wants to go on to grade two once they're finished, Uh, The resources are so similar to the fingerprint reading and writing Braille course that someone could then use that to progress on to grade two and um, they would be in a good place because it's very, very similar. I think where we wanted to get to with this and, and, you know, feel free to jump in, Mel, as as well, obviously, is that we wanted to, to come up with a way to teach you in a sort of comparatively short period of time some braille that would be useful right so i think i think we we talk a little bit about this in the first session if if my memory is correct well we talk about you know these are the things that you're going to be able to do once you once you learn all of all of this braille so it's not about sort of giving you a, a complete knowledge of of braille although obviously as mel said you could carry this on with with fingerprint it's about sort of getting you up and running as quickly as possible so that you can label a, a tin of food or write out your own recipes or start writing your notes or put a label on on an invoice or stuff or, you know things like that or, or even more technical things like um there's there's towards the end of the the uh the course we do things like well, this is how you write an email address. This is how you write a web address. This is how you write a hashtag. So we've we've tried to put a sort of a slightly modern stance on it, whilst sort of cherry picking the stuff that you'll that you'll use today, hopefully. And as Sean said earlier on, um, the trouble with Braille if you don't use it, you forget it. So if we can Definitely. just get people going, whet their appetite, get them using it every day, even if it's labelling their tea or their sugar and they're touching that Braille every day, uh, then if they want to go on after. Afterwards, great, but at least it's getting them started and getting them using it. Well, this is the, the interesting thing because you know I, I'm intrigued to know more about the, the decision to go on demand because I think that's interesting. You know, I mean, obviously you have touched on the fact that many people were struggling to get to the the course and and they were wanting the information on demand, but there is obviously that social aspect to this, um, which maybe that's more difficult on Zoom to achieve. I mean, anybody who tried to you know socialize at a a Zoom event at work or a Teams event at work, you know, I, I found them particularly horrific, to be honest. Just, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, it was impossible, right? Because it was like, it was like you were in the middle of a circle of people. Uh, you, and, oh, you know, you're you, so anti-social. Stephen no, but Scott. I am. What's the matter with absolutely. you? Absolutely. <laughs> but, but honestly, it was like you were standing, at, it was like the microphone could only be held by one person. You know, I've got the talking stick and then you'd have to pass the talking <laughs> stick to somebody else. And every time you had a conversation, you were talking to a whole room versus talking to an individual. You couldn't just disappear off into the corner and chat to someone. So I guess the social aspect maybe wasn't quite as, as much as, as, as you hoped. Is that, is that how you guys felt? I think we didn't have much of a social aspect in the previous Braille for Beginners, and I think it'll be similar for the on-demand one. They'll still have the same opportunities of um, being in a, a Braille for Beginners um, forum, so uh, they'll be able to you know, get advice from their peers uh, by email and just generally discuss things just as they could in the previous Braille for Beginners. Um, but I suppose it might be a little bit more lonely if you're learning individually. We'll have to see how it goes, I suppose. I mean, you you raise a, a good point, right? We've all been in those those Zoom meetings where literally everyone is unmuted and and you can't hear yourself think. We we sort of 
we we very purposefully didn't go for that approach for the, for the previous courses, uh, not because we didn't want to, uh, not because we didn't want people to socialise, but you you know you just couldn't do it. When I think I think the I think the lowest attended session for the last cohort was about sixty odd people, and you just you can't do it with with those numbers. But yeah, I mean you you raise you raise a good point, as I say, and and we want to try and we want to try and encourage a sense of community with things like the discussion forum. So you know we, we're expecting people to send you know sort of how are you doing type emails to 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 that forum and and to get to get people's questions. Um, one of one of the interesting things about the discussion forum last uh last time round when um you when you two were on it was that we we noticed that um there was a whole bunch of people who were posting on there and for the first time ever they they were talking to other blind people because we had quite a few people who had lost their sight recently and who were picking it up as a result and that was mm-hmm. something that we didn't really anticipate you know we thought okay right this is going to be a forum where you can talk about learning braille and predominantly it was but there were there was a whole bunch of chatter from from people who turned out had never spoken to a blind person before so we do want to you know it is always going to predominantly be a braille discussion forum but we do want to encourage the social elements of that through the forum and then also the the monthly zoom drop-in sessions so that you know if you don't want to sit there and and bash out an email you can have a person that you can just talk out or people that you can just talk to over zoom in the way that we've been doing it previously yeah that is, that i is think it's really fantastic. important i think that 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 monthly or if you call it a tutor period i think it's really important because people do want some of the questions that were asked in the last um the last course you know um I think it's important that other people hear those questions, that other people are asking yeah. the same questions that maybe they're not brave. Brave's the wrong word, but slightly self-conscious about asking because, you know, people were asking, well, which hand should I use? And, you know, I think it's important that everyone, everyone hears that, you know, everyone's got the same questions, really. And I think it's important to share that in a social setting such as Zoom. So I think that's the best of both worlds, to be honest hopefully yeah i mean it's it's new it's new to us and we're always going to be very very receptive to feedback you know i mean you know we've designed the course we want it to be a good course right and part part of that is going to be listening to to people's views on okay right this this works well or actually yeah you know what maybe maybe we need to tweak it a little bit it's 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 a different way of doing it and i suppose you know in a way it's from one extreme to another but we're, we're hoping that we've got a balance between you know giving something to people that still preserves that sense of community but is also you know to touch on what mel mentioned previously that is also scalable right so it's not just a, a once a year thing that's that's the good thing about it and i think it's also important to say as well that it's you know not the only uh, service or, or feature of the Brailleists Foundation, because as you've said right at the top, Ben, you know one of the, the things about the, the service or the, the, the organisation is that it offers a lot of information. So, you know, if I, for example, one of the questions I had when I got my first Braille display was, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> Does this thing work? And <laughs> well, how do I get yeah. that to talk to that? And, you know, you've got those kind of masterclasses on there. So, you know, when people start getting curious and go further than just the, the actual Braille itself and actually the technology behind it or whatever it might be, you've got resources there. Yeah, so um, we we record all of our masterclasses, as as Steve uh, alluded to. You can find those on our website, braillists.org. Um, and yeah, what, what we want to do is like have sort of uh, it sounds a, sounds a bit sort of corporate but we want like a sort of cohesive product offering you could say where you know as, as you corporate. say steve very i corporate. know i know sorry I've, very, i'm doing this corporate. in my i'm doing this in my lunch break um i'm doing this in my lunch break so i've got to okay get out of my uh, corporate mindset yeah yep. so so the idea is you know you yes you you start off you know you learn braille and then you can practice your braille in our reading groups in our in our book club if you've got questions you can come to a drop-in session and then as, as you say steve if you want to do you know the more advanced stuff like uh you know braille braille on the iphone braille on android um you know, braille in the kitchen as I, as I say uh transcribing braille we did one on how to produce hard copy braille recently then you've got the master classes which are typically uh once or twice a month um but we've got you know, a pretty a pretty vast uh, back catalogue of of masterclasses on our media page, and those also get produced uh, and uh, surfaced as part of our Brailcast podcast. Um, so, I, I, yeah, pl- plenty of ways well, to, to get at them. 
that's in the recordings as well. So if somebody was following these new on-demand recordings, as Ben says, the beginning one uh, sort of tells you what it's all going to be about. Then you have eight lessons, so eight separate lesson recordings. And the final one, uh, I think Dave was sort of calling it next steps. So we'll finish off by saying, you know, this isn't the end. This is almost just the beginning. You can go here, you can go there. You can <laughs> so sort of encourage people to move on after the Braille for Beginners and tell them where to go. So it's all part of the course, really. And we can get this international, so our Canadian audience can can take part in this if they want to as well. Yes, yeah, so you can you can take part in it. You can get the recordings. Um, getting the hard copy resources um, might be a little bit tricky. We're not shipping the, those to Canada at the moment. However, what I would say is if you are if you are maybe a sight loss organisation in Canada and you you want to emboss the resources. Um, you know, get in touch with us and we'll send you we'll send you a BRF, so like an electronic braille file of the resources so you can print them out yourself. We are I mean, we're always looking to to extend the the reach of resources. It's just um it's kind of like this is this is kind of like a one point zero mm. of of shipping resources. But yeah, I mean, you know, we we've had um Mel, we had we had um a few international learners um last time around. And I mean we again, you know, we want people to learn Braille, right? We we'll mm. we'll find a way. Absolutely. And we did this is something we learned from the last uh Braille for beginners, the problems of sending resources abroad because we we did do a little bit of it, and then they got lost in the post and all sorts of things. People didn't have their resources on time. And the first couple of weeks was a bit uh, um, hairy, wasn't it? Trying to get everybody together. So we kind of learned from that, didn't we? Well, yeah. I'm really pleased at what you do. I think it's a fantastic organisation. I love how you promote Braille, because I think you do it in a really cool way. And I think you do it in a really, uh, what feels like an achievable way. You know, and those little nuggets as we go along through the masterclasses that kind of like breadcrumbs almost that lead you to the next thing, I just think is absolutely brilliant. So, you know, so happy to support you guys and get you on to Double Tap today. Uh, ben oh, Mustle-Rose, Melanie Pritchard, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you oh, for having us. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you. And that's it for today. If you want to find out more about the Brailleists course, do not forget to go to brailleists.org. That's brailleists.org to find out all the very latest news on what the Brailleists Foundation do, to get all their resources, and also to find out how to sign up to that course. Uh, that is it for today. Thank you so much for being with us, and we're back again tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.